sends it across D'Angelo. Holding back across. Natchez. White scores. He does it again. Game over. Marty Natchez. Pressure again. Runs away from it. Throws on the run. Caught. Touchdown. Dalton Kincaid. Sports Radio is back in the Edmonton area. This is Sports 1440 and the Kevin Carius Show. It's Friday morning. Uh, man, time to tear up the old pea patch clicker in the Schnell and make a fast break to the 11 o'clock hour. Uh, wow, what can you say? Now what, Oilers Nation? What is your level of concern now after technically fourth straight loss, 3 nothing to the New York Rangers? Can't win at home. Can't win at home. Can't win on the road. Can't win on the road. Maybe play outdoors. That's the next option, and that will be Sunday. Um, more F-bombs in post-game news scrums and post-game media conferences than wins. Two F-bombs, one win so far. Um, Oilers drop uh, their fourth straight, if you want to count the overtime loss. 3 nothing to the Rangers uh, last night. By far, the Rangers have been the best team that the Oilers have faced so far in the seven games. They were booed off the ice at the end of the second period last night after uh, giving up three goals in the second period. Well, let's bring in our Friday co-host, Eddie Steele, former CFLer, former double year. And Eddie, this is kind of like a broken record for you and I on Fridays. Uh, the first week the Oilers played Wednesday, got shellacked in Vancouver. Uh, last week it was Philadelphia, a lackluster effort. And now, last night, uh, the Rangers. So now, what are we at here? I mean, we could just kind of play our show from two weeks ago, last week. Maybe it was a little bit better in the third period last night, too little too late. The Oilers are saying, um, well, they have a, they've got a day off today. I was kind of surprised at that as they get ready for Sunday's game against Calgary. Last night, Jay Woodcroft said the team is in a mud puddle. I look at the Oilers being in a mud puddle and you know when you're standing there and little kids are coming around you and they kind of slap their rubber boot in the mm. edge of the mud puddle and it sprays you? Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I feel where the Oilers are. I think you're like the rest of us. Uh, and texts are coming in already. one 401 We had some already last night and this morning. It's kind of getting to be a broken record for us on Friday mornings, Eddie. It totally is. Good morning, Kevin. And uh, it's the same old sentiments that we've been talking about here the past three weeks in a row. Uh, I'm not going to beat the horse to death in terms of effort because I do think that to my naked eye, they played a better game last night effort-wise, but still it's not aligning with wins. It's not aligning with success and it's not aligning with execution. And this team is lacking execution uh, all across the board, forwards, defense, goalie. Everybody is at fault. Text one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Shanked one says, "Morning, guys. Funny thing is, everyone was concerned about goaltending going into this year, and really, they've been one of the best parts of our team 
so far. Uh, Oilers are playing their way to move Kenny Holland out. Uh, McDavid's injury helps the cause. Comes from Franco. That's he, that's tough that if the Oilers uh, <laughs> goaltending is playing uh, is one of the highlights of the team thus far because they haven't been very good. A lot of texts already about uh, Jay Woodcroft's situation. I just don't see anything happening in the near future on that. So we will uh, let that ship sail a little bit. Uh, before the game, they had uh, a nice little ceremony mm-hmm. with uh, Doug Waite and um, Charlie Huddy. You know, Doug Waite is, he's probably one of the funniest guys you've ever met. And I mean, I thought the highlight of the night were his two comments when he was talking about it in his speech. First of all, the one with about Charlie Huddy being plus 62. Charlie Huddy was plus 245 in his Oilers. That's wild. It's crazy. So he said, um, plus 62. Plus 62, Charlie. Plus 62. I My best was even at the start of the year on the first game. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. The, the fans in the stands got such a kick out of that one. That was a good one. And then the better, the best one was, uh, uh, thanks, my family's all here. My wife, Allison, the kids were here. One of his kids is playing uh, college hockey in Colorado, by the way. And then he said, uh, my dad wanted to be here, but then uh, didn't make her because he figured he found out Connor McDavid wasn't playing. <laughs> you know, That's he's good. just solid. Dougie's such a, such a solid guy. We will have uh, interviews. Uh, yesterday I was down at the Hall of Fame room as the Oilers had a little bit of a get-together with uh, oh, a lot of alumni and a lot of, uh, you know, it was a good turnout. It was, it was a nice uh, kind of warm, cozy feeling in there. Too bad it didn't get parlayed out onto the ice. We will have uh, uh, some sound from uh, Doug Waite, Billy Guerin, and, uh, of course, Charlie Huddy. That's coming up. Uh, we'll probably do that at the 9 o'clock hour. Text coming in, one 1440 Good morning. Oilers look like they tried a bit harder. Oilers need to wake up now before the season is too far gone. Yes, the stair farmer. Um, everyone's hero, Holloway and McLeod, along with Brown, Ryan, Yanmark, and Ernie with zero points in six games and look I, I was talking about Holloway last mm-hmm. week about you could see flashes of him and in reality you can they might not have points but you got to look at again at what you're seeing out there these guys might not be generating the points but they're at least moving some pace of play they're at least skating with some pace more pace than the rest of the roster and that does stick out but again they do need to score some points Texter's right when you look at the game as a whole last night um, the first period was sort of listless uh, on a whole if you were going to rank it. Uh, the Rangers held a 10-5 shots on goal advantage, but it's scoreless and it looked like it was going to be one nothing at the end of the first, but Stu Skinner come up with an amazing mm. save on Philip Heedle. Yeah. A right huge, hand save. Huge. Um, save. That was on a Matthias Ekholm pinch. Um, Alexis Lafreniere had a great game last yeah, he night. he played. Very good game. He made the pass over to Heedle. Superb save by Skinner. So you think, okay, now you go to the locker room. Our goalie just made a great big save. He kept the score. Bagels on the board. We're going into the first period. We're going to the locker room. Everything's okay. We got out of that. Could say you have momentum. Now you got to turn it up a notch. Why do you think, in your mind, Eddie, the second period was a dud when you look at the Oilers? Well, I mean, they gave up three goals. Why? uh, Can you, as an athlete, I mean, let's just say, I don't know. Let's just say, let's just move it into your realm here. End of the end of the first half, and you guys are kind of just teetering a little bit. Someone, a DB, picks off a pass in the end zone, mm-hmm. and now you're going, "Holy man, we're we're okay here." You come out to start the second half, yep, and you're not up to snuff. 
Why? I, I think it's the case of it's the old here we go again because Adam Fox scores on the power play and they're only down one goal. But when you're down and when you're in, in the struggle and in the grind that the Oilers are in right now, and I've been in that mud, that mud that you were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. when something negative happens, when you're not, you don't have the confidence as a team, you don't have the confidence as an individual player, and when negativity happens, it's that, oh boy, here we go again. And I honestly felt that when they scored that goal. Uh, the offense, it wasn't clicking the way it typically would. Uh, they were getting opportunities, but they weren't bearing it. Um, five shots in the first period, not acceptable in my opinion. Uh, but they were getting some decent opportunities. But once Fox scored that power play goal, I literally could feel it myself like, oh, man, here we go again. And you could see the shift in momentum, and they couldn't recover once they were down one nothing. That was game over, essentially. Uh, Compro Evolution comes into our text line. one 833 Some listeners are suggesting the goaltending being good. Uh, Greg W. on your show yesterday had stats that prove that is not the case. Greg Wyshynski, he was talking about high danger chances. Well, in the game against Minnesota, uh, Jack Campbell faced, oh, I don't know, 8, 10 high danger chances, kept the team in the game. Um, Goaltending hasn't been good, but the rest of the team stinks too. That comes in. Uh, don't have a name on that. Please uh, put your name. So to your point, Eddie, um, the Oilers with a one nothing deficit after the Adam Fox um, power play goal. <sighs> Braden Schneider scores just an absolute bullet, just mm. barely keeps the puck on side. And I think the Oilers ended up puck watching a lot on the goal. The play started right near the Oilers bench. Leon Dreisaitl did, he had at least a half dozen changes last night that were very ho-hum, ho-hum, mm. mosey onto the box. That was one of them. He went off on that change literally, and he was probably five feet away where the puck originated from in front of the Oilers bench. Uh, two seconds later, it was in the back of the net. Leon Dreisaitl had... Wow. In the second period, he probably had a half dozen giveaways. Yeah. I thought when Connor McDavid went down, I thought Leon Dreisaitl was going to really pick his game up, uh, even even though that he's you know obviously leading the team in scoring. Hasn't been doing that the last two games. Uh, wasn't, uh, unless the puck was on his stick last night. Wasn't noticeable. He looked disinterested. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that's not a good sign. That second goal, if you if you really go back to before the puck just was kept in by Braden Schneider, it was a situation where Leon just sort of moseyed off to the bench. Um, it, it, we're not in a situation here. This club is not in a position to have their best player or players have that type of body language. They're not, especially when this team is in such a grind, literally a fight for their life right now. It's not even a joke. They are in a fight for their playoff life. And to have that disinterest, I really don't know what to say. And we've seen that kind of in the past from Leon too. This isn't new news. We've seen this type of body language from him. Uh, So, yeah, I, I don't know what to say about that with this team where they're at right now. You know, there were, what, two posts? Like, I mean, flush posts in the second period. Could have been five five nothing mm-hmm. six nothing uh after the second period uh Blake Wheeler hit a post um Mika Zabinijad flushed one in on the inner part 
of the post. And then uh, Skinner made a nice save on Adam Fox. Yeah. You know, as he bust in twice, um, Philip Broberg was caught flat-footed. Alexi Lafreniere went around him once. One time, Broberg just kind of stumbled in his own end, twirling. Not good enough. I mean, Jay Woodcroft said, not good enough, not good enough, not good enough. And when you watch the other teams, we're talking about goalies here, okay? We talk about how the goalies, some texters are saying the goalies haven't been that poor. Uh, I believe that they have been pretty poor thus far this season. And when you compare their goalies, the Oilers goalies, to the opponents, why does it seem like the Oilers are constantly getting quote-unquote goalied? By goalies who are not <laughs> top tier. Well, yeah. I mean, Jonathan Quick, 59th career shutout, had 29 saves. I mean, Jonathan Quick used to be one of the best goalies he, in the he league. He was, for sure. But now he's a second. He's he, a backup. He's a backup. And how about this? You would have never thought the Oilers would be seeing a backup now. You know, it's it got to the stage where, oh, we've got to have our number one guy in there. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, let's let's get serious. I mean, that's what it's come down to. Yep. It's crazy. So uh, we've got a busy show coming up uh, with our co-host, Eddie Steele, on this Friday. Uh, Sean Brown will join us at 720, the former Edmonton Oiler. Maybe, maybe he can, I don't know, add some light, add some insight, because people are kind of running out of answers right now. The Oilers head into the... Uh, Heritage Classic on a four-game losing streak, same as the Calgary Flames, four-game losing streak after the Flames were shut out last night by the St. Louis Blues. Maybe Sean Brown can add some insight. Mark Spector from Rogers Sportsnet and on the mark for Booster Juice at 8 o'clock. Frank Saravalli. Hey, big Frank's in town. He was at the game last night with his mm-hmm. family. The whole family's here. I wonder if Frank is uh, checking out, like, you know, the Talus Balls and uh, whatever else, the Vinicular. Yeah. Anything else? I mean, uh, if you were probably, coming into town. Well, look, if he's got the family, yeah. tell us World of Science. Science, man. Oh, for sure. Get some uh, There's snow culture. on the ground. Maybe his kids might want to go sledding. Because, well, hey, Papa Steele went sledding last <laughs> night. Oh, did you? Good for you. Uh, Billy Garrett, Charlie Huddy, Dougie Waite will uh, elevate your game with uh, three great players at 9 o'clock. We'll have audio from uh, that uh, uh, availability yesterday. How about this uh, interview at 9.40? Spencer Love from Love Pro Wrestling. Mm. They got an event at the rec room tonight. They're going to be doing wrestling at uh, an Oil Kings game coming up. I've heard of these guys. I heard they put on good (laughs) shows. I did a story with this one guy named Eli Surge about three, four months ago. I went down there and then we had two cameras set up in there. Like it's wild in there. Like it's it's a it, it's a fun place to go to watch. I've heard to watch. You know, a Friday night. I mean, some of these guys though. Like I mean, one of the one of them looked like he was on a hunger strike. I mean, he's like about <laughs> 105 pounds. Comes in there and you know he starts breaking chairs and stuff. And I'm like, okay, like you know, <laughs> little you know, Tasmanian Ed, devil. You know, Eddie, this could be. There's another career for you, maybe another pathway. Huh? Slide in there, mm. you know. I don't think my knees could take it, Kevin. <laughs> Sophie Kostopoulos uh, from the NHL, uh, just kind of talking about the uh, marketing and things uh, going on with FanFest coming up this weekend with the uh, Oilers Heritage Classic. Uh, so when we come back, we will check in with former Oilers defenseman Sean Brown on the Kevin Carey Show with Eddie Steele on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Time now for the Orange and Blue 
report uh, brought to you by Mr. Lube. Stop in now for an oil change. No appointment necessary. Be winner ready at one of their nine Edmonton locations. MrLube.com as we welcome in former oiler Sean Brown. Morning, Brownie. What'd you think of the game last night? <laughs> Another laugh. Oh, eh? boy. The Dr. Yeah. Evil laugh. <laughs> yeah, that was tough. Um, man, they are there. If they're not at the bottom, they're pretty close right now. How are they feeling um, as well? Yeah, it was, it, it's a tough game. I mean, everyone's saying the same thing. It's, uh, you know, I, I, I got to give it to to Skinner. I mean, he played he played well. He's, mm-hmm. He made some saves. It could have been a lot worse than what it was. Um, right now, the Oilers aren't feeling it. Um, yeah, it, it's a tough one. The desperation just just isn't there right now. When you're not feeling it, how do you get it back? I mean, I've always been saying, I've said for years and years about momentum. You keep it for as long as you can. Once you lose it, you get it back as fast as you can. Is there a certain reason? Can you put your finger on why the Oilers can't kind of turn the tide here? I don't know if anyone can put a finger on it. It's to a man. I mean, I think anyone that's played the game knows that there's just times that, uh, you know, throughout the season that these situations happen. And it's, uh, I mean, there's no one that cares more than those guys Mm -hmm. that are in the room right now. I mean, for as bad as we feel um, for the Oilers, uh, there's no, like I said, there's, these guys are highly competitive guys. No one's sleeping well. Um, you know, it's it, but it comes down to a guy, to a man. Um, you know, it's it's what are you going to do uh, outside, I guess, of your comfort zone to kind of change it. I mean, you know, when you look at the NHL right now, there's there's no easy games. It's it, no one feels sorry for you. Everyone's coming in, and every game uh, is important to every team. And um, there's no easy lunch right now. And and right now, when teams are coming in right here. And Edmonton, they see a team that's down. Obviously, you're you're trying to get off to a, a, a quick start, um, you know. So, yeah, it's uh, you know, I, I would like to see the urgency how you, how you get there. Um, you know, is, is guys doing things that they're not normally doing mm-hmm. or expected to do, um, and, and we're just not seeing that right now. Now, Sean, as a former D-man yourself. I keep hearing about the system change to zone, and then I keep hearing about the players not playing with a certain physicality, certain uh, try-hard level. What are you seeing in terms of the defense and just the lapses that the defense has? Is it more zone, or is it more just, is sorry, the scheme, or is it more just the players' uh, effort level, grit level, uh, toughness, determination to keep guys out of the front of the net? What are you seeing? I think you touched on it all. I mean, some of the reads, obviously, right now aren't aren't maybe where they they should be. But um, you know, there's a difference I think between checking and and containing. And right now, I think they're containing and and you know their body position and and, and what they're doing is good. But when you're containing um, good players with time, containing you know make good plays. But when you're checking, uh, good players make mistakes. And and when you're checking, other guys are able to read off you that much quicker and um when you're in between i think that's kind of where they're at right now it's like okay well do you have a guy do you have you know are you going are you not going and then that little bit of indecision right now is is what's costing them and then you know in the nhl these guys you you give them you know half a second uh, or a second they they make great plays so um i think the desperation 
combined mm-hmm. with what you said, some of the decision making, the 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 containing and and not checking, and the uncertainty right now is is obviously costing the owners right now. Sean Brown's our guest on Sports fourteen forty. Kevin Carius and Eddie Steele on the subject of Brown. Always trying to find a little bit of a positive wherever we can. Um, would you say maybe Connor Brown had his best game so far in Oilers six? Yeah, I mean, I to be honest with you, um, it was a nice night seeing a bunch of guys that I haven't seen in a while. So you know, when I did watch, I, I thought Brown did have uh, he did have some nice moments. Um, you know, it's tough for him right now. I'm I'm sure you know being hurt and being injured and. And now, you know, coming into a lineup and into a situation now where, you know, whether it's Brown or any guy in this team, where every every play and every mistake is, is magnified by 10, um, it's tough. But, yeah, I mean, he had his moments for sure, um, you know, but... Uh, you know, it's 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 hard. This is a this is a tough league to you know whether you're injured or uh, any type of player to, to grab some to get a little bit of traction. But yeah, his game his game was better. Um, but I think you know he would he would honestly think and and feel the same way as the rest of the others. Like just right now is not good enough. Sean Brown's our guest. Carius Steele, Sports fourteen forty. Sean, you you were so at the game. You had uh, you took in the, the the festivities, the aura, the atmosphere. What did you did you see coming out of the gate then? In the sense of, you know, there was a delay for twenty five minutes. Were you? I mean, the first period maybe by both teams wasn't as energetic. Uh, is that just because of the ceremony, or like, can you put your finger on that one? Yeah, it, it's tough. You know, like. I mean, for me personally, I, I it was what a night for for myself and to be mm-hmm. able to see uh, some former players and a former coach uh, go into the rafters where they belong. Like, I mean, it was it was a great night for myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. It was like I said, Daryl Cates and the Oilers and the alumni just they did an amazing job of uh, you know taking care of us and. And, and it was a fun night. Um, but with those nights, it is tough. I mean, we were on the bench, and I know what it's like to, to sit through uh, ceremonies like that. You know, it, 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 you, know you, you come out, you have a warm-up, and there's a certain routine that you go through as a player, and, and then all of a sudden it's thrown off. But, you know, I, I don't know if you can use that as an excuse because, you know, it's just something you got to – it happens, uh, not every night, but – yeah, it, it's slow, um, but it was cool. You know, like I, I guess mm-hmm. getting back to the guys that were up there, it was, uh, you know, it was it was nice. It was nice to be on the bench again. I mean, you know what it's like, yeah. uh, Kevin. I mean, we skate with the alumni. Um, it, it was nice to be on the bench and be able to to look out and see what these guys, you know, are, are able to go through and, and see all the fans and the support that they have. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, at times it's a little bit tough, but right. Right now, I mean, you know, when you to, to start a game, it's uh, you know, it, it's hard sometimes. But somehow you gotta emotionally get invested into the game, um, whether there's a ceremony or not. And um, the team that seems to do that the quickest um, gives themselves the best chance to win. 
<laughs> Sean, I got to ask you, as a football player, uh, when I'm in a slump, I understand uh, that I can really bring the game to my opponents. I can ramp up with the urgency that I play with. And every snap during a football game, I can honestly treat like it's going to be my last snap and kind of get myself out of this slump. As a hockey player, uh, not just a player, but in the hockey locker room, how do guys go about trying to get themselves, play themselves out of this funk that they're in? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I played with a guy, I mean, we all know him, Marty McSorley, and he was <laughs> he was an amazing person, uh, competitor. And, um, you know, when we went through slumps like that, it was, it was interesting sitting on the bench with him because, uh, you know, at different times throughout the game, he just, he knew and he understood what, what had to be done and and I remember sitting on the bench and and hopping out on the ice and and you know he'd be like hey listen you know at at this particular shift you know whether they come in front of our net or we go in front of their net we're going to start a scrum it doesn't mean it, it wasn't about fighting as much as it was about just creating a scrum where I mean Marty would smack someone in the head and then next you know uh, somebody would, you know, have to come in for their teammate. And now I got to grab them, and yeah. then by me grabbing them, uh, then all of a sudden someone else has to grab someone else, and and you're kind of just creating a little bit of some energy, a little bit of emotion, and on the ice, and obviously the fans all of a sudden they start yes. to feel it, they so, start to get so it. So Brownie, why haven't we seen that? Like, why don't we see anything going on? Like, I mean, there was. Only the one well, I that I Kane last game. Kane tried that he, last game in Minnesota, but Kane never brought it again. No, he, didn't. He, he brought it for a couple of shifts. He had the one shift, and then they went hard to the net. And I mean, Jan Mark was poking around. Kane was poking around, and th- but there wasn't a lot of that stuff. What you're just mentioning with Marty and things like that. How, how come there we haven't seen more of that? Uh, yeah. I mean, well, it's it's one guy. It's 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 got to be more than one guy. It's yeah. got to be every guy. Right. I mean, and, and to be honest with you, it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Right? It's, mm. not, it's not for, you know, it's not for everybody. No. Um, you know, so to, to do that, yeah, you gotta be 100% kind of committed to some, you know, whatever could happen from that situation. I, I mean, I loved it when Kane, said what he said on TV mm-hmm. during the interview. We all know that, right? And and it was a little bit of old school. And then he went out and did what he did. And the next night he continued with it. And well, who was to follow? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, there's got to be, like, if he does it, then someone else has to do it. And and right now that's just not what they have. It's, it's kind of one guy does one thing and then one guy does another thing. But... Um, you know, there's definitely a, a disconnect, and like I said, I, I'm I'm not saying this to go back to 20 years ago or 10 years ago, but you know, when you when you emotionally get into that, and this is a blue collar town, yeah, mm. right? like fans, we all love it. It doesn't matter where the game is at. Um, you know, it it gets the fans into it. Uh, more importantly, it gets your, you know, whether you're a football player or a hockey player, like. You know, when you start grabbing onto each other and, you know, smacking each other around, like, you're in it, yeah, right? Man. And so, right now, they just, they're, they're not doing enough to kind of get into the trenches to emotionally invest themselves 
into the game and get and get uncomfortable. Uh, and I think you know that's that's they they need to, you got to win ugly sometimes too, right? You, you got to get ugly. I love Brownie how you just said that. Get in the trenches because I played defensive tackle. You played defense on the ice, and uh, what you're explaining and the guys that they they are kind of missing, I think is it of it is this. They don't have dogs. That's what it would be in a football locker room. Mm-hmm. You got to have dogs out there. Evander Kane's a dog. <laughs> You need those types of guys, guys who are willing to get gritty, guys who are willing to be selfless, guys who are willing to be energy type guys, guys who are willing to go and put a hit and put someone through the glass. You need those dogs. And this Oilers team, quite frankly, since I've truly been paying attention the past six years, they don't have dogs. They don't have enough dogs. There's there's some puppies, but they don't have dogs out here who's going to go out there and bite someone. And this comes from Scott on our text line, uh, Brownie, one 401 Fight and defend the middle of the ice. Doesn't matter if they win. I need to see the fight. And I don't think he's talking about physical fist fighting on the ice, scrapping, but he yeah. wants to see more jam. And, I mean, that was yeah. an old phrase that you used back in the day, Brownie. And in your opinion, are we seeing enough jam from this team? Yeah, no, like I said, I think they have. They, you know, we have guys that can play with jam. Like, um, you know, you, we all hear, um, you know, we hear about nurse and, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, Evander Kane guys that, uh, Darnay, like I was watching from this, like that Darnay is a beast. Yeah. Right. Um, what a, what a way for him to kind of separate himself or carve out a little bit of a, a name for himself, and a reputation throughout the league and through the team. Um, who wants to deal with him? Mm. Who wants to deal with someone at that size right now? But you know, it's to do that. Like you know, you got to be uncomfortable and and out of your comfort zone. Um, you know, they they. But yeah, they they have the guys to to do what needs to be done. The heavy lifting. Um, they're just not they're they're not doing it and it makes for an easy night it, it, you know so um it's you know i think obviously mcdavid's out right mm-hmm. now and and you got um leon dryside like those guys are special and they are they are who they are but the role guys right now and and there, there's no one that's just you know. Are we sitting around waiting for McDavid to come back or Drysaddle to do something special? Like they're gonna once they get their mojo and they're feeling well, like the game, you know, th- those guys will things will start to take care of itself. But right now, you know, who's doing that, and then who's following it up, um, is is the question, right? And it, it's I don't know what like I said I was I was enjoying the game with. <laughs> a number of different people that I haven't seen in yeah. a while, but was there any like? Is there enough? Is there enough scrums? Is there no. anything going on after the whistle? To it's it's a little bit of a, a men talking. It's it's almost right. I mean, where is it? Where's yeah. the emotion? Where yeah. where's the emotion to get other people invested? And where's the emotion to get the fans into it? Who's that guy? Well, I think it has to be concerted effort by by many guys. And again, when you say Brownie, get out of your comfort zone. That has to be part of whoever's game that is, whether it be, a, you know, a Connor Brown or Ryan McLeod, I mean, Yanmark, uh, Holloway, whoever you want to say, those guys have to get out of that and be a participant. 
be proactive, not reactive. Yeah. We, we haven't seen, you know, and even when you look at the high-end players in the last two games, and I think I think everyone thought that, you know, Leon Dreisaitl and even Ryan Nugent Hopkins would up their game a little bit with Connor McDavid's absence. We haven't seen that. Um, no. That's yeah. unfortunate. So how how much of a concern is that for you, Sean Brown? Yeah, no, it's that's one of the really cool things and amazing things to watch from the beginning of the season. You, you know, McDavid, not only is he highly skilled, and I guess I'll touch on it because Doug Waite was in the building and I played mm-hmm. with him. He was a captain. I mean, what makes those guys captains and leaders? And we've all seen it. Like they can they can beat you with their skill and ability, but we've seen Connor McDavid, you know, come out with his first shift or early in a game, come out and crush and hit someone. Like, that's out of character for someone. You don't expect that Mm. from a guy with that much ability and skill. Like, you know, and, you know, for him to do that, and I've seen throughout the league and throughout my career, guys that, you know, that's what makes them the captain. That's what makes them leaders Mm -hmm. is that, you know, they step outside, right? But, you know, with them doing that, all of a sudden now – the next guy's like, holy, you know, you're on the bench and you're just, you're loving it. That's it drags it. you in. It, it drags you into it. You, you That's see a the good guy, point, Andy. Like, hey, yeah, he, he's not, this isn't, you know, this isn't normal. This isn't, you know, something this guy does. But that shows the desperation. And I just, I, I don't see that um, desperation, that enthusiasm right now. So um, throughout the lineup. I, I agree with you there, Brownie. And then in the sense of do you, the, the first shift in the second game against Vancouver, I mean, they buzzed, the, that whole line buzzed, scored a goal, could have had two, three goals. We haven't seen, we've only seen one or two shifts like that in seven games. So that, that's what's concerning to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, you know, like it's, yeah, it's 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 hot and cold, and, yeah. and when you're going through times like this, it's not you know you're not looking to the second period or third period. It's literally shift by shift. Yeah, um, you know, um, I, I remember back in the day, like you know, getting opportunity actually, you know, and being called up from the minors. Glenn Sather calling up. <laughs> uh, Jesus, I think there was like four or five of us. It was LaRock, myself, maybe Doug Friedman, um, and, and a number of different guys. Because, I, you know, I, I think the morale was down, the enthusiasm. And, and, and when we got called up, we were just told exactly, you know, what we needed to do and what was lacking. It was like, hey, this, we're lacking. We're lacking some passion, some enthusiasm. You know, as young kids coming into the lineup and, and trying to, cut your teeth and wanting to stay was you know we did exactly mm-hmm. that we just we just ran around we ran around and yeah. created a little bit of buzz a little bit of excitement um you know so who's doing that who's doing that i really i really look to the you know the fourth or the third line mm-hmm. or to a man there's no one that's doing anything out of Ordinary, right? Some t- sometimes last year, Brownie, w- wouldn't it be an opportunity where Clem Costin came in and did something? Yeah, exactly. And and like I say, there's we have some big guys, and we have some. You know, everyone, not everyone can score, and not everyone, you know, can can dangle in, in the skill. But mm-hmm. you know, everyone can hit. You yep. know, so if you're not 
if you're not if you're not doing one thing, what are you doing for me right now? Yeah. Right? Hey, hey, Sean Brown, we kept you way too long, but I just wanted to, when you were on the bench there and, and Dougie Waite was doing his comedy hour to start, how fun was that sitting on the bench right up front there? <laughs> you know what? Like I said, it was it was so good. I haven't seen those guys in so long. And, uh, oh, my God, it was, you know, it, it was amazing. You know, we've all seen what Dougie did on yeah. the ice. And, you know, it was, it was, I got to be able to practice with the guy. And for as good as he was on the ice, the skill and ability that he had in practice and um, the lack of skill that I had <laughs> and, and what I needed to do to try and get through practice and get through to the game. It was funny, Billy and I, Billy Garen and, and Doug Waite, we were sitting there talking, and, and we had a, they had a rule for me, actually. It was uh, because I had to hack and whack because of, their abil- because of his ability. He had a rule that it was like, Brownie, don't touch the stars. <laughs> and uh, it was nice yesterday to see him uh, and actually hug him. Uh, and it was funny. When I hugged him, it was, I couldn't believe how quick <laughs> Billy came over and he said, hey, hey, yeah. <laughs> Don't forget the rule. Um, so, we had some good laughs last night. Oh, it must have been a lot of hoots for sure. Well, hey, well, thanks for getting out of the rack to do this this morning. Man, <laughs> I was surprised when I saw you on the lineup. I was like, I think Brownie's going to be, you know, you know, enjoying himself, uh, you know. <laughs> But, uh, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I'm licking my wounds a little bit. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I just, slow. When, I, when I saw the lineup, I'm going. Well, this doesn't make sense to me. I, I don't. I don't want to get it. But whatever. Yeah. But, once so, again, hey, listen. It was uh, the Oilers did uh, an, an amazing yeah. job taking care of us, and uh, you know, it was a lot of free drinks and free booze. And, <laughs> and uh, like I said, I'm I'm licking my wounds right now. So I. <laughs> It's gonna be a long day. Well, thanks for doing this. Uh, we'll see you. We'll see you probably down at the rink here in the next uh, little bit, and for sure next week at a, at the alumni skate. Okay, guys, have a good one. Okay, Hi, Brownie. Thanks. Uh, that's uh, Sean Brown for our uh, blue and orange report. Brought to you by Mister Lube. Be winter ready at MrLube.com. Got a whack of texts coming in from uh, Scott Pillman. The father of Arius, no relation. Uh, Dougie Jones comes in, too. We'll uh, check those uh, texts when we come back after the break on the Kevin Carrier Show with co-host Eddie Steele on Sports 1440. Stay with us. Is this a request, Duke, or what? <laughs> uh, I like the tune, though. It's a great tune. I was it's, wondering. Um, it's kind of still building. I picked the wrong one of the library. Oh, <laughs> I like so, it. Yeah. But you know what? We had a texter come in about two, three weeks ago that wanted this song. I remember. This is Hart, correct? Yes. Crazy on you. And they also wanted Barracuda, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So it's Playlist Fridays I again. I like it. Forgot I like it, guys. Yeah. Well, we'll get some stones for you, Eddie. I just sent Duke a little text Did here. you? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, we'll see if he gets it. Which, well, well oh, it's see, a secret. Yeah, okay. You'll see. It's a secret. Uh, so Playlist Friday. If you got a text uh, for us regarding... Hey, you want an intro extra song? Send it off to us, 1-833-401-1440. Still tons of texts coming in uh, to our text line with, uh, let's uh, let's go with Pillman right off the hop. Uh, Pillman sent one in, says, uh, there is no finish. Leon Drysettle set up three plus. Grade A chances. Should have been 2-0 Oilers in the first. Um, The first one I think you're talking about is the... Cross ice one timer to Matthias Janmark, sort of fanned on it. Didn't get it all. Didn't get it all. That was probably the biggest one I think that the Pillman is talking about. 
I, I was, again, when Leon had the puck last night, he looked interested, looked engaged, tried way too many soft little passes trying to get through. Cute guys. passes. Yeah, little kind of maybe little saucers that were either picked off. He gave away the puck a lot last night yeah. and resulted in some... Uh, you know, turnovers in the sense that were odd man rushes going the other way quickly, mm-hmm. that the Oilers did not get scored on. So, um, I, I, you know, we, we can, we've been dissecting this to death for, for two weeks now. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's been the hard. Same old story. And, and you know what? I, I never got to tell Sean Brown this, but it's hard for a former player and because he wants to choose his words so carefully you because he cares about the team, he cares about the franchise. Um, he he still has he's still bleeding you know Oilers blue and orange, but he still wants to be you know concise and precise about his comments in the sense of where the team is mm-hmm. what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So it's always tough for a former player to do that. Like well, just hey, think, put I yourself in that position. Yeah, uh, well I can relate because I've you know? I've been there watching the the Elks yes. as an organization struggle, and I wasn't um, I, I couldn't bite my tongue mm-hmm. the way that most do, and I actually said the things that I said, thus getting me fired from six thirty. Ched, right? But the things I said were the truth. You know, and Brownie, he's kind of, he's got to choose his words carefully, but mm-hmm. the truth is the truth. Yeah. And everything you and I are talking about, everything that Spec talks about, Gregor, everybody, it's all the truth. This team needs to face the magic, in, or sorry, face the face the music, and they need to pull up their socks and play better. That's the reality of it. And as Sean Brown says, nobody knows it more than themselves. The players know. It's just... <sighs> I mean, they're trying so hard to turn things around. It may not look like that, but they want it so badly. But again, I think the average fan doesn't see it as much as what they want to see. They don't see They don't see the urgency uh, on a day-to-day, on a play-to-play, on a game-to-game uh, basis. Text coming in, one 401 1440 Kane is not 100%. That's a problem. That comes from Gord. Um Totally agree. Kane is the only one working hard. Uh, they get rid of all the glue guys. Costin need a good okay, old-fashioned bench clearer to get the team together. Could you imagine a bench-clearing ball brawl on Sunday? Oh. Right at center ice at Commonwealth Stadium, right off the hop. Two teams that basically suck right now. Bottom feeders. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, yesterday, after the post-game comments in Calgary, uh, the Flames coach, Ryan Hushka, said, we suck right now. Mm-hmm. We suck, so I mean... It's the truth. The, you know what? How about this, Eddie? I wrote this down, actually. Calgary and Edmonton to start the year. 3-10-2. and 3-10-2. Um, even strength goals per game between the two teams, 1.47. That's it. Uh, save percentage between the two, 877. Mm, mm, mm. These are two... Well, they're the two of the worst teams going on. The Oilers right now are 31st in the league. Only San Jose is Only worse. Only San Jose. That's not good. And, you know, we we talk about how doom and gloom things are mm-hmm. right now, but the reality is, and I was checking the standings this morning, they're only a couple games out <laughs> yes, of it. Yes, yes. And that's what we need to keep in mind, Oiler Nation. It's very, very disappointing. 
It's very, very early, though, and they're mm-hmm. only a couple of games out of it, and that's the reality. I don't think they'll catch Vegas. I mean, that Vegas, unless they significantly drop off, they're playing at such a good clip right now. That, that points race is going to be hard mm-hmm. to make up, but it doesn't matter. you got to get in the playoffs, and they're only a couple of games out. Uh, text from uh, Doug Jones. Great analysis by you. Uh, and Sean Brown and Eddie, that broke down just about everything that is wrong with their game right now. Bobby comes in. Morning, gentlemen. At least none of the Rangers' goals last night were considered defensive zone breakdowns. <laughs> We've been talking about that for a while. Um, Darth, uh, Darth 2 goes... Um, Oh, that's three. Uh, Darth two. A short version of what I was trying to say is find ways to be difficult to play against. It can be hitting board battles, mucking it up in front of them. That's kind of what we're talking about. Um, that's the thing. And I, I, then we have another text. I just sort of lost it, Duke. I don't know where it was about uh, after whistle scrums being a waste of time. See, I disagree with that at times. I think you need to have that engagement. And and again, you heard Sean Brown say it gets the fans going a little bit, maybe pumps the bench up a little bit. Yeah. I, you're you're exactly right, Eddie, in your phrase. Get some dog in the fight. They they need to. They need to. And if Kane's not doing it, if DeHarnay's not roughing someone up, who is doing it for this organization, this team on the ice? I, I look at my career and – the, the unsuspected guys that did it, and I mentioned the phrase, it would bring guys into the fight. When Mike Riley, your quarterback, um, quarterbacks are mm-hmm. typically a prima donna position. When your quarterback is getting into the scrums, is fighting with the other team's defensive players, as a defensive player, you get fired up. You want to go out and you want to hit someone. You want to play for your quarterback because typically a guy like that is not getting down and dirty. When Connor McDavid is out there, and we all see it, Connor McDavid can lay some filthy hits now. Mm-hmm. He, he is not um, he is not a total innocent character out there when he plays. But when that guy goes out there and lays those hits, sacrifices his body, that has that has to bring other guys into the fight. That has to get a Warren Fogel, um, a Holloway. That has to get guys fired up. But we're not seeing that right now, and those guys need to figure out a way to get their juices going without someone else. Because this is pro sports. You can't be dependent on mm-hmm. other people to get your juices going. Carry a steel on Sports 1440. A flood of texts coming in. Northside Norm, you're bang on. No jam. Players park in front of our net without retribution. Pass around our zone. And the D rests in what appears to be a zone versus attacking the attackers. We're easy to play against right now. Scott says, who can step up and be the lead dog? Has to be one of Nuge, Hyman, Kane, or Nurse. Uh are they genuine and can they drag the rest of the team into the fight? That's kind of been our theme uh, today. Uh, Brian has never been a Hopkins fan. Still not even 100 points on the season. Good power play, but not like in Nuge. Buddy Baker. Hey, my buddy, buddy. Oilers always put up a dead month. Usually it's in December. So hopefully this year it's in October. We should be fine, but definitely a lot of passengers. Kyle from Mill Woods. There should be no shame in losing to the GOAT. Jonathan Quick. Um, here's one from Googie. This hurts to be saying this, but I'm not willing to give up my regular bedtimes for the Oilers anymore. 
uh, at least not for now. One more. We got a whole bunch more, and we got to get to spec at the top of the hour too. Uh, this comes from the Shank one. Hey, Kevin, I would think it would be natural to bring some physicality, just because you're frustrated. Opponents coming in should be worried. They're going to be playing grumpy, nasty team because of the last two games. I've never heard that. I haven't heard that. Take some cheap penalties. Show some care. Wow. Everyone's fired up, Eddie. Brownie said it. You got to be uncomfortable. And what I love a saying is you got to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Top of the hour. We'll check in with Mark Spector and Frank Saravalli. Before that, time for a sports update brought to you by First Round. Watch NFL football at First Round Monday, Thursdays, and Sundays. You could win a trip to watch your favorite team next year. Here is the Duke.